Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcast at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. I am excited and celebrating that you are here listening with me on today. We had some goals in mind for wanting to reach you all, and I'm excited that on every platform you all are tuning in, listening, subscribing, and sharing, and so thank you. And I also want to take this opportunity to shout out Joy Jones. Joy Jones is the musical artist that you hear on the intro and on the outro. She is an incredible healing sacred artist, sister, uh, beloved of mine, and I am glad to share her with you. So let us dive in for today's episode. And today we're going to talk about healing our attachment issues healing attachment issues. And for those of you who are outside of the field of psychology, you may have guesses about what that means, but not really uh, being sure. So I want to talk to you about attachment, our issues with attachment, and then about our healing. So attachment is our connection and our capacity to be connected emotionally with others. And there is a great body of research that looks at how the attachment styles we experience in childhood by our caregivers can shape our relationship style, our attachment style, even as adults. And so as I'm coming home to myself, I get more clarity about myself. And as I gain clarity about myself, my relationship patterns make sense. I want you to know on today that the way your friendships have operated, the way you have operated in the romantic space, the way you have dealt with people in authority, all of those things that sometimes seem like a mystery are not quite so mysterious. That in the grand scheme of things, when I understand my foundation and my roots, both my early story and we talked about intergenerational trauma and ancestral wounds, all of those show up in my relationships. And so as I heal, then I begin to take a healthier approach to how I deal with people. And it does not make sense for us to claim to be spiritual people, woke people, evolved people, and not know how to treat people. So this inner work needs to have some evidence, some manifestation in my capacity and my willingness and my motivation to connect 
with others, with compassion, and with respect. So as we consider our attachment styles, there are uh, four main ones that you want to reflect on and think about within yourself. And you want to consider when you were growing up, what was your level of expectation from your caregivers? So your parents or guardians or whoever raised you, how reliable were they? How dependable were they? How nurturing and loving were they? In their presence, did you feel seen? In their presence, did you feel heard? In their presence, did you feel understood? In their presence, did you feel valued? In their presence, were you aware of yourself or were you erased or uncertain or discarded? And if we had a healthy attachment with our caregivers, it does not mean perfect, but healthy, then we have what's called a secure attachment where I am able to trust that there are people who mean me well. I am able to trust and to believe and to know that I am worthy of care, of attention, of love, of respect. I grow up with the idea that there are those who care authentically, sincerely about me, my thoughts, my feelings, my needs, my identity. And from that secure base, I am empowered to explore the world. When I have that secure foundation, I can uh, explore possibilities. I can explore identities. I can explore relationships. I can explore knowledge. I can step out on faith, as we would say, uh, in terms of my career, even in terms of diving into love because my script about love is a belief that not only is it possible, but it is possible for me. So when I have that secure foundation as a child, when I grow up, then it is easier to navigate those relationship waters from a place of being secure within myself. Another attachment style is an anxious style. And so with the anxious style, I am uncertain. I am uncertain if you're coming back. I am uncertain about how you're going to show up toward me. I am uncertain about whether you actually care or see me or is this real? I am uncertain about if I can really trust you. I am uncertain about my value and significance. And so as I get older, then I will constantly need friends and romantic partners to assure me, but it never is quite enough because no matter what they say, no matter how many times they show up for me, I can't quite believe it. And so my relationship style, my attachment pattern is one uh, that is filled with worry, with dread, with insecurity, with anxiety. The third type is avoidant. And so out of this 
uncertainty instead of reaching for more and being hungry and thirsty for more like those who are anxious. Instead, I'm going to shut it down. I am very good at cutting off people. If I see the sign, the slightest sign of you might not really be for me, then I am going to end it. I will avoid connection. I will avoid intimacy. It is about being emotionally unavailable because if I'm already checked out, you can't hurt me. So I'm going to reject you before you reject me. So isn't it interesting as we're already talking, when you think about the times you were in your anxious phase and you were gravitating toward those who were avoidant, wasn't that a setup for confusion? Wasn't that a setup for heartache? And so out of our insecure attachments, uh, the manifestation of that can show up differently. So some become anxious and clinging and needing a lot of assurance and some become very distant and feel threatened by people knowing them, feel threatened by people seeing them and so they pull away. And then the last category is disorganized. Uh, disorganized attachment style is, we would say, in plain language, all over the place. Or we would say, as we see adults in the romantic space, or even in the friendship space, you would describe them as sending mixed signals, right? Where they seem like, oh, they're all in, and then nope, now they're gone. Oh, but they're back, right? And so you're like, are they ghosts to me or am I their soulmate, right? Like, which one is it? And it is from that shaky foundation that it is hard for them to settle into intimacy. It is hard for them. When I say settle, I don't mean like settle, meaning go beneath your possibility, but I mean to ground yourself, to dare to really invest in relationship, in friendship, in people to dare to be present over a sustained amount of time. So it is possible, while challenging, it is possible to heal our attachment styles, our attachment patterns, because many of us, the ways we became disconnected from ourselves are often rooted in trauma and neglect. And so those experiences train you teach you to go into survival mode. And so your survival mode is demonstrated in how you react to people, how you respond to people, how intimacy makes you feel, and how you feel when you are by yourself. All of those things show up in our internal world and subsequently our external world. So let's look at homecoming when we have had ruptures in our attachment, when we have been disconnected from others and ultimately from ourselves. So the first step we want to examine is the need to clarify your story. 
clarify your story. What does that mean? It means you need to know yourself because we cannot heal what we will not acknowledge. And if I just think I have bad luck picking people, then I miss an opportunity to heal. I need to get to a place where I can see myself in the cycle, where I can see myself in the pattern of what is it I am drawn to? What is it I ignore? What is it that is familiar or comfortable? What is it that sends me running and frightened? And once I see myself in terms of how I show up in friendship, how I show up in relationship, it is then for me to explore why is that so? I need to have an understanding of me to know it's not quite random. And many times our attachment traumas happen so early that we think it is us. So we will say, that's just me. That's just how I am with people. That's just how I prefer things. But to come home to myself, is to tell myself the truth about my story and to know that there is a me that is beyond the trauma and the insecurity. And I am aiming to get home to her, uh, to the one who existed before she was told she was unworthy. And there are those who are listening who did not even get to know a self before that rupture took place. Because some of us, the insecure attachment started while you were yet a baby. For some of you, it was before you were even born. And there is a possibility. There is the possibility of coming home to myself, even if my upbringing required that I disconnect from myself. So I encourage you to take the risk of telling yourself the truth. What do you notice about the friends you pick? What do you notice about how you act as a friend? What do you notice about how you feel when you're in the presence of someone who sees you? I mean, who sees you for real. I want you to reflect on what has been your pattern in romantic relationships. How do you act in that space? What is the fear that is undergirding your decision-making? What are the fears that are shaping how you perceive things, how you speak to people, and even how you speak about yourself? What are the fears that are guiding your relationship to love? What are the fears, the anxieties, the worries, and how have you addressed those fears? What have you run from and what have you run to? Tell yourself the truth on today. It's the only way home. (laughs) Truth is the yellow brick road. It is the only path home. So I have to see me. I have to see me with understanding. I have to see the younger me, the girl or boy that I was the baby that I was, I have to see so that I can heal. So coming to a place of understanding 
that there is a rupture, that there are wounds there, is the first step to healing it. So it's not just pointing my finger at everyone else. And we're real good about that and say, oh, people have issues. Oh my gosh, all these people have issues. These people have issues. You know, we can really sit on our pedestal and see everybody else in their issues. And to come home to myself is to say, and I'm in the center with all of them, with all of my issues, right? I see me I see me, right? That I am not the source of all of my difficulty, but it is in my hands to heal it, to shift it, to create a new path out of this if I do not want to live like this anymore. So that's an important question as we're talking about healing attachment styles. Do you want your friendships to change, to deepen? Do you want your relationships to change? Or are you good? Because if you're good with everything the way it is, then maybe this episode is for someone else. But for those of us who desire a healthier, more whole capacity to relate, to connect, to share with others, then we know we have some work to do in this area And some people have talked about not wanting to use the word work because it can be an honor or a pleasure to grow. And I'm going to also say for many of us, there is a piece of work involved, meaning that it's not easy. You see, when I have been operating with a pattern for years, that becomes what is my habit. It is familiar to me. And so for me to shift out of what is familiar takes a conscious effort. So whether you want to call that conscious effort a loving investment, if you want to call that conscious effort work, whatever you want to call it, I'm going to say that it's about showing up for you in a very real way because we are worth it. So not only do we clarify our story, but then we have to take a look at what is my current environment. If I am surrounded by unsafe people, it is going to not work for me to heal my attachment issues, right? So let's say you have attachment issues and you have a shady partner who disrespects you, and you have shady friends who don't really care about you, and you're like, okay, now I'm going to be trusting and open and vulnerable. Well, that's not really going to work for you. So I have to do an assessment of my current life, the life I have created and the life that has been created for me, to see, is it relatively safe? So we know that at all times and in all places, things can happen and people can change and all of that. But am I currently actively surrounded by dangerous, untrustworthy people? Then I need to do some strategizing about how to shift my environment. Or am I in a place either with people who for as much as I can in the moment, I would say are relatively trustworthy or I've eliminated everyone and I'm by myself. So that feel that may feel safe to you, right? But um, a safe environment is important because, so we understand the term post-traumatic stress disorder was developed looking at veterans and it was for them to heal when they came home from battle, right? So we can ask ourselves the question, How can I heal if I'm still in battle? 
right? So in my therapy practice, it's very different if I am doing counseling with someone who used to be in an abusive relationship and now they've escaped it and they're healing. That's a very different therapeutic process than me providing counseling for someone who is still with their abuser, right? Uh, because one, we're, one is in survival mode and one can actually heal and recover and go forward to thrive. But if I am still in the toxic space, then that's not the place for me to, to explore how does it feel to be free, yes? So I want you to take um, an honest assessment about the environment, the relationships you're currently in. And then it is important to develop a sense of self. Who are you? If I am perpetually putting my identity and worth in the hands of others, if they drop me, I will be nothing again. So I need to be a somebody in order to share that somebody with someone else. That way, even if this uh, connection is not eternal, is not long lasting, does not sustain itself, while I uh, may be hurt and disappointed, I will not lose myself because I have a self that this other person or this other friend did not give me, right? So you want to have healthy relationships? Get some clarity about who you want to be, about who you are, about accepting and appreciating yourself. And there has been some uh, debate or conversation in the psychology field about how it's not fair to tell people to work on themselves and then get a healthy relationship, um, that a part of our healing happens in community and in connection. And I'm going to say both aspects are true and we cannot leave it all to other people. So I cannot say I'm going to sit here feeling I am nothing until someone tells me I am something because that puts us in a very, not only vulnerable place, but it's a false self, right? If my whole identity is who you tell me I am, uh, that becomes a false self. So I want to get some clarity within me and then also become open to supportive, corrective experiences with people, which gets at my choosing. Being intentional about who I choose to share sacred space with. Being intentional about who I call a friend. There are people you know, and then there are friends. So we do not take the word lightly, and friendship develops over time as does a romantic relationship develop over time? And so I begin to open up myself, but as I am opening, I am also observing. I'm observing how I am in the presence of the other, and I am observing how they respond to my vulnerability, how they respond to my openness, how they respond to my imperfections, yes? And as I observe how I feel in their presence and how, as I observe how they respond to me, that will then shape 
the ways in which I go forward or step back. And it does not need to be an all or nothing. It is a process, a gradual process. And I cannot heal my attachment issues if I have sworn off of people, right? So if I take the other extreme and say, uh, I'm going to cut everybody off and it's me, myself, and I because I can't trust anyone, well, then that's never going to heal because I'm going to perpetually feel that people are not to be trusted. So I am getting clarity about my story. I am getting clarity about myself. I am being intentional about who I choose to share my space and time and self with. And as I am sharing, I am tuning in. I am being more and more aware of my response and reaction and needs as it relates to others. Some of us, when we are in the presence of those who see us, will start to retreat. So then that is your old pattern working. It is your fear working, your anxiety working, your avoidance working. And so once I know my story, then I can see myself going into that old pattern and I can shift into the new. I want you for this week's homework to think about who, if anyone, has been a real friend to you. Has there been anybody? And then I want you to journal about what were the qualities or the characteristics of that person? And then I want you to journal about, have you ever been a real friend to someone else? And reflect on what did it look like and feel like for you to show up in that space? As we come home to ourselves, we can welcome others home in our presence. And so on today, I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, spirit, and relationships, welcome home.